Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. And joining us tonight, it is Michael Swain of 247 Sports. He covers Iowa State. We're going to talk a whole lot of Iowa State recruiting and some NIL stuff. That's coming up after this. You are Locked On Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here with Michael Swain of 247 Sports, uh, covers all things Iowa State. Michael, I'm sure it's been a very busy uh, last couple of days for you. It has been between an exodus to the transfer portal in addition to National Signing Day. It has been a very busy week, but I can't complain. Talk about sports for a living, so pretty lucky. Yeah, so talk about the first things first. Will McDonald decides that he is going to come back to Iowa State for his senior season. You you know, you and I were uh, hopping on, and you were filing the story about it. So that's that's huge news for, for Matt Campbell and, and for the Iowa State program. For sure, and I think you look at the program in general and what's going to happen to the two deep after this year where, you know, you go into this season and you return, you know, basically 20 of 22 starters – and now you're going to lose a lot of that, whether it be through guys graduating, a few guys transferring, and to get someone like Will McDonald back, where if Will McDonald decided to go to the NFL draft, you know, Iowa State would have lost all three of their starting defensive linemen from this year. And that's important for Iowa State because for with the 3-3-5 defense they run, defensive line is crucial. So getting Will McDonald back is awesome. He needs four more sacks to tie Von Miller for the Big 12 all-time record. He needs something like 16 to get the NCAA record. So unless he goes crazy against Clemson and has an incredible senior season, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But it seems like a lock to be the uh, Big 12 all-time sack leader after next season. That's huge. And then talk about this 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 transfer portal exodus. Now, what do you think the causes are of some of these guys entering the portal? It's probably a result of guys like Will McDonald deciding to come back. Um, I think to some degree you look at – you know, the defensive line where Cordes Bailey and Corey Shuttle are two guys that entered the transfer portal. Uh, it's probably because Will McDonald is coming back and they brought in MJ Anderson from Minnesota, um, where they basically just got kind of recruited over. And those are guys that have been in the program for a while. The coaches have had their eyes on them for a while. And, you know, you kind of it's weird because nowadays you kind of like mutually agree to kind of part ways, even though they're on campus and a part of the team. So I think it's basically that. I mean, you look at the linebackers, right? Arkell Smith, Eric Horn, Deshaun Davis, um, all those guys. I'm not really sure they're going to play next year because you went and got Colby Reeder, uh, a linebacker transfer out of Delaware. Uh, there's some buzz of Ryan Vansky come back. And then you got Gary Vaughn, who is was the fourth linebacker for Iowa State this year. So I think in general, you look up and down, and it's just guys that really weren't guaranteed a bunch of playing time next year. And with the way the transfer portal works now, where you don't have to sit a year, I don't blame them. You know, these are guys that you're not going to sit and watch your five-year college career slip through your fingers. Like you're going to try and do something, go try and find playing time somewhere else. It doesn't guarantee you're going to make it or that you're going to find a power five spot, but you got to try something. You can't just sit idly by and watch your college career go by unless you want to. Like if you want to cool, but I think a lot right. of these guys want to play. And so really outside of Aishin Young, that was probably the big surprise. Um, mm-hmm. That's, a little bit. I think it's just a mix of a lot of things. I think playing time, right? Bo Freeler was really good, a uh, true freshman who played behind him and then kind of took some of the snaps as the season progressed. I don't 
I think maybe going back to the East Coast is probably what's in the cards form, but uh, that was that one's probably hurts a lot more. But outside of that, I mean, everyone else was kind of like, are they really going to play next year? And the answer was like, yeah, but they're not going to start. Right, right. That, that, that's a big question for yeah for a lot of those guys entering the portal. And um, I guess I, Iowa State probably has more of the. I don't know. I'm not sure any of the portal problems are traditional, right? But I guess as far as like. These guys aren't going to play. It's more traditional than some other spots where guy for one year is like, I'm not playing. I want to leave or whatever the, the thing is. Iowa State is one of those programs where the, it's just the, the way talent grows is more conducive to saying, all right, I've got no way past the guy ahead of me or this guy is taking reps from me. They're going to enter the portal that way. Well, I think, too, you got to remember, there's a huge roster crunch going on across college football yep. because anybody that decides to come back – counts against your 85 and it's tough because these guys want to go in and use the transfer portal, but you also want to sign high school kids. So you got to cut bait with some guys. And I think that's just kind of what this is right now is just natural roster attrition. That is a, a byproduct of the NCA giving everyone the extra COVID year, which great. Like that's a good thing that they do right. that. Right. Because you don't want to pressure kids into either playing during a pandemic when they don't want to, or punishing them if they skipped out, you know? So it's, it's a tough situation, right? Where the NCAA kind of can't win in this scenario because either the transfer portal floods or a lot of these people get upset that they got forced to play their final year during the COVID-19 pandemic, which I guess is still going on, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much still going on. Um, so, you know, this is, it was so interesting from a, from a big conference perspective we came to the season saying a couple things about the coaching situation. We said, number one, Matt Campbell is going to be the guy on everybody's radar. Two, Matt Wells needs to win. And three, Gary Patterson needs to turn it around. Well, we, we lost Matt Wells. We lost, uh, we lost Gary Patterson. Lincoln Riley jumped ship. Uh, you know, Mike Gundy flirted with Florida. And ironically, the guy who is still where, you know, he was before, is Matt Campbell. So what is the confidence level for athletic director Jamie Pollard and the rest of the program and obviously the fan base too that Matt Campbell is going to be the guy here moving forward at least for one more calendar year? I think at the end of the day, you look at the jobs, right? And I think this this cycle is particularly scary if you're thinking about it purely from an Iowa State fan perspective. USC came open. That was very real. Um Matt Campbell, yeah, that was real. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a good chance that that could happen. So yeah. that was real. Um, Notre Dame comes open, right? That's one of the jobs that had been rumored that Matt Campbell would lead for is Notre Dame. You know, it's kind of the your Ohio State, your Notre Dame, maybe a Penn State, kind of these big-time Midwest jobs. Um, and I think that now that you look, Notre Dame is going to be closed for at least four years, right, because they're going to give Marcus Freeman time. USC is not going to come open for another few decades. I have a feeling because Lincoln Riley's going to kill it there um, with the talent and stuff. Or South Unless Carolina. he makes that jump, right? There's always that NFL jump that's right there. But yeah, True. probably not for a while. Yeah, he's not going to jump three years in, right? He's going right. to go and try and make that a winner and then maybe parlay that into go and do professional football. So I think you got to look at the quality of jobs and the jobs that come open, right? So I think now you're kind of looking at what happens with Ryan Day at Ohio State. Um, and yes. even then, you got to think the Luke Fickle's number one there. Inside track, um, yes. So I think in general, there's confidence, right, that Matt Campbell will be here. But it's just kind of a question of I think there's always been 
It always depends on who you talk to, right? Because Matt Campbell is a very small circle and a lot of people mm-hmm. act like they're in Matt Campbell's circle and they're really not. So it depends on who you talk to, but there's some people out there that believe that Matt Campbell would be interested in going to the NFL, that that's something he would like to do as a stepping stone at some point where right. you work with professionals. And he talks a lot about developmental, kind of getting these 18, 22-year-olds, how much he enjoys that. If that ever gets tired for him, the NFL will be there. And I think that he's just to continue to win. You can't have a lot more seven and five seasons. You got to have a lot more kind of like your nine and threes, your 10 and twos, rather than these seven and fives. Um, Cause the NFL is not going to take a guy that goes seven and five every year. Quick pause in the action on today's podcast. Today's locked on big 12 podcast is brought to you all by prize picks. Bowl season is here for all of our big 12 teams. And obviously elsewhere, I've been telling you guys about prize picks and you still have not signed up. What are you waiting for? In addition to the college football action, college basketball action as well, Prize Picks has the most extensive lineup of all the kinds of wagers you'd like to make in terms of props, overs and unders for points, touchdowns, interceptions, three-pointers, all those kinds of things you can find at Prize Picks. So go there today, download the app. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On, and you'll receive a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars today. They've got how-to videos over at Prize Picks as well, so you'll know exactly how to place those over/under wagers. Once again, go there today. Prize Picks. It is the best app to use for all of your uh, college sports prop needs. So go there today. Great place. Daily Fantasy Prize Picks. Download the app. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because what if the Lions came back? I actually think he was probably smart for they, – they probably won't, right? They, you don't think they would, but – no, I mean, he's not going to go to the Lions. Like, you got to look at it, right? So, alignment is a big thing that Matt Campbell talks about. And that's what he has at Iowa State. That is a, that's also, that is a buzzword for everybody, right? Oh, now, for sure. Right? Yeah, this, has been a buzzword yeah. for, this has been a buzzword right, for, right, right, right. for multiple years now. So, right. I think you look at jobs in the NFL, right? Like, not the Lions. He's not going to the Jets. He's not going to the Jaguars. Like, it's got to be one of these organizations that's kind of well run. Like, mm-hmm. what comes to mind is like, I think, like Seattle. Like, I don't know if he actually would take that job. I'm thinking like in terms of overall alignment within the organization, like Seattle, um, right. maybe Chicago, you know, I don't know. So I think you look at some of the better NFL jobs and if they called, maybe he'd listen. But at this point, it's speculation. It seems like he'll be here in 2022. And I venture to guess I'll be here in 2023 as well. Yeah, that, that is the, the fascinating part. I mean, that You know, it's so weird because we had such tumultuous uh, coaching carousel it's slowed down so much now, but the next wrinkle, the next iteration is the NFL jobs. And it does seem like, you know, Ryan, the Ryan Day Bear stuff, it feels real. Everybody says it, it is. He can say it's not real all he wants to. Everybody everybody else kind of hints that it, it might be a little bit real. 
Um, and that could set off a little bit of a trans, you know, so, so, some waves elsewhere. But as far as this class goes, this feels like a, uh, a class, you know, recruiting class that is true to Matt Campbell. It is a lot of three-star guys. It's a good class. It's a solid class. It's not one of those that blows your, you know, blows your hair off, but you're also saying like, this is, this is kind of what they do. This is, this is kind of Iowa State's, it's, it's their MO. I don't know about that. It's the best program or the best recruiting class in program history. Like, they, no, I would I would say it's not for, one of those where a team from middling tier, because what is it? Twenty four seven has it as number thirty nationally. It kind of depends on how you want to look at it, because our Mason Thomas didn't sign. Um, so with the guys that they did sign, it's a mid thirties class. Um, if our Mason Thomas does sign and they add another one or two guys that they might look to add, depends on the transfer portal as well, but. Um, you're looking at a top 30 class instead of mid 30s. So I think for Iowa State, right, you look at what they've done with a lot of the mid three star guys. Now the overall average of the class, right, is in these kind of like 87 rating. And you're going from a lot of these classes being in the average of an 85, you know, now you're going to an 87. So you're taking a significant step up. And if you look at what, you know, what kind of the recruiting analyst force do, they basically say, you know, 84 to 86 is kind of a, a certain set. But then once you get into that 87, 89, it's a different tier. And so overall, you're looking at Iowa State now recruiting a, a notch above, right? So now you've got a, a yeah. different level of prospect that you can kind of plug in to your system where, you know, Iowa State's still recruiting to who they are, right? They're not going out and changing anything. They're still recruiting the same footprint that they have before. They are still recruiting the same type of prospects in terms of frame and projectable um, tangibles. And so all they're really doing now is just going out and getting guys that have just more raw talent. You know, you look at someone mm-hmm. like Greg Gaines, a four-star wide receiver. He's got the size for a big playmaker that I would say really likes. And he's one that had offers from a lot of different schools, something like 20-plus offers. Good get. Hunter Deo, a defensive lineman. Um, at a council bluffs who you look at him and he could play offensive line. He could play defensive line. He's kind of just one of these guys in the trenches that can help elevate your program. I think top to bottom, you look what they did in terms of defensive line guys, you know, Dominic orange, there's some, he's an interesting prospect. If he gets his weight under control, you know, he's someone that was the talk of Kansas city, you know, when he was a sophomore because he got Georgia, Texas, A&M, Texas, Oregon, you know, all these schools offered him, but, Weight got out of control, and now it's a question of can that coaching staff kind of tap into that potential. If they can, he's a steal because he was a four-star recruit for most of his recruitment until his senior season where now he's a three-star. So I think in general you look at them, and they're getting guys that have talent, and now they can plug into the developmental program that Campbell talks a lot about. So I think long-term it's one of these classes that if they can start stacking classes like this, all of a sudden you're looking at a program that in the new Big 12 could be a, a perennial title contender. One more pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the number one place on the internet for all of your sports action needs. College hoops, college football, uh, MLB. Uh, you know, if you want to put some props on, uh, put a wager down on when the lockout might end. I'm sure they've had have that there. NFL, NBA, NHL, all that kind of stuff. You can bet on at BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code Locked On when you sign up, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus today. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, 
It's where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. So grab some this holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it's even better for you than a candy bar. Uh, but still, you're not sacrificing taste at all. And they've got all kinds of flavors like raspberry, mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, and peanut butter brownie. You go there today, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll receive 15% off on your next purchase. Once again, that's built. And that's built. It's funny you say that because there's so many people that I've talked to that have been like, look, that is all about positioning yourself for when the new Big 12 comes around, which which is obviously the, the big focus. But I will say, when I look at the Iowa State class as compared to some of the other classes, especially the top tier of the Big 12, Iowa State's class is a bit more varied. There is a big focus, I think, towards the top uh, on offensive and defensive line play. And there is a focus from Texas class. Um, Oklahoma State's focused on a, a bit of that lately. But there is, I think there is this idea, and, and I know that um, the the Texas Tech class is also a big focus on that too. You know, a lot of these schools, like that's what they want to focus on. And Iowa State seems here, and I, I like this approach, they've got a lot of variety. Like you look up, to, up top of that class, there's not much repetition in terms of the position they're looking for. I mean, you look at the top guys, you know, you see a couple defensive linemen, but like it is – you know, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, safety, linebacker, edge. You know, there is a, a whole lot of variety there. Are you know the, noticing the same thing too? This is not like a class that's like, we've got to build right here. It is, it's varied. For sure, because I think to some degree, a lot of the platform has already been set with a lot of this stuff, where I think no. even with the recruiting class as a pass, you know, Tyler Morrow, uh, an offensive tackle out of Iowa, super highly thought of, right? He's getting time to develop like all these offensive linemen are, but – I think you're looking at Iowa State now where they've been able to, you know, the last recruiting class is going to outperform the ranking. Um, it's already been yeah. shown that they're going to yeah. because, yes. you know, Miles Purchase is a true freshman corner that's playing against Oklahoma in Norman and right. looking pretty good. Bo Freeler is, you know, supplanting Aishin Young four weeks into the season. Uh, you got guys like Eli Sanders, Dion Silas, like guys have been raved about, even Hunter Deckers, a four-star quarterback. So now you're looking at a program that is – hit its spots in the past with guys like Deckers who, you know, four-star quarterback, that's a big deal. You got your Brock Purdy replacement right there. And now you're looking at him basically saying, okay, how can we just overall improve the talent on the team? It's not a, we need to hit this position or this position. It's like, let's recruit the class that we usually recruit in terms of numbers, where it's three linebackers, you know, three wide receivers, a couple offensive linemen, and just get more talent. And that's what they're in now. They're in kind of that hoarding talent phase. Instead of having to build out a roster, they can really just go out there and recruit, 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 instead of having to figure out, okay, do we need to get this many offensive linemen to balance out our numbers? Because now we're getting into you know year six, seven, eight with Campbell where they've got their roster figured out and they've got the guys in they want to get in. It's just now a question of can you elevate the talent year in and year out? Yeah, and, and they're kind of on the path of that. Just, just in the quarterback situation, I mean, this is 100, 100 Eckers – show right this is going to be his offense moving forward and also with that like what do you think they're going to try to look to is there anything that you think they could learn from the Brock Purdy era of okay we had a bright start early was the guy all the way through 
but maybe didn't polish off the parts we wanted them to. Is there anything you think this the staff can glean from that experience that might apply to a guy who has got the pedigree of Hunter Deckers? I think it all depends on what the staff wants to do play calling wise, because I don't even think like people rail on Brock Purdy. He was great this year. And I think he's been good more often than not during his Iowa state career. I think that the, the style of play that the coaching staff wants to go with limits Brock Purdy. It just did. You know, you look what they want to do. They want to be in one possession games. They like, they want to blow teams out. There sure. were many of them. There were many. One possession way games they play is they're going to be in a lot of one possession games because they yeah. run the ball. They try and overpower people when, you know, all right. So look, the offensive line this year was five guards for most of the season and your high end potential is very limited. And they really didn't run the ball too well because everyone stacked the box against Breeze Hall. And yet every game they're kind of running the ball and they were able to score points towards the end of the year. But the way they do it is ball, ball control and then play good defense. And the issue down the stretch of the season was they try to control the ball and then the defense would give up a quick score. So Mm -hmm. I think for Iowa state, it's a question of you got to reassess the identity to some degree where Matt Campbell wants to run the ball, wants to control the game, wants to go that way and play complimentary football. But now you're going to have a quarterback in Hunter Deckers who has a super strong arm. And you're going to have guys in your program like Jalen Knoll, like Gaines, you know, someone like Kieran Adams who has elite track speed, even though he's on the smaller side, like five foot six. Um, you got guys that can go run downfield and get open. And so I wonder what they're going to do because Deckers, I wonder about his, you know, uh, the touch throws in between the numbers and, kind of throwing it zero to 10 yards, we know he can make the throws outside the numbers and we know he can make throws downfield. Just a question, does he have the touch? And so that's going to be the thing. It'll be interesting to see what the offensive identity is in the fall because the quarterback is a lot different where Purdy, you couldn't throw outside the numbers a bunch. You know, you really, he could throw downfield, but he couldn't overpower defensive mm-hmm. backs down the field and place balls, you know, with the perfect accuracy on a rope. It seems like Hunter Deckers can do that. And of course, super limited like any sort of film on he's played you know like eight games in his career so we'll have to see but everyone you talk to anyone around Iowa State in the program and they speak super high of highly of Hunter Deckers uh final question here to you it's it's a unique position that Iowa State's in and it's not you know not super unique but I like you know it's happened before but they are in the position of where this this is a celebrated class of kids I know they finished off seven and seven and five, but they did accomplish something, especially last year, that had not been accomplished in, in school history with the New Year's Six Bowl appearance. Um, you know, what does this transition feel like? Does it feel like it's one that is, you know, a step back and then eventually maybe you know back to that level, or is it one of those where it's like you know, not to use the the Steve Sarkeesian term, but all gas no brakes? Hey, no, we're trying to build off the success they had, and and we don't expect much of a decline. Considering the fact that this is, you know, this is the best groups. I mean, you talked about like stacking the box. Like they had a player in Breeze Hall this year that got the box stacked against them and still ended up being you know, a finalist for the most prestigious running back award in the entire country. And um, was in a lot of what you talked about, one score games, could have gone either way in, in some of the situations. And, you know, a team that could, probably could have been nine, 10, and three. But like, what does it feel like the transition period is going to be like uh, for them? Step back, step forward, or how, how, what's your read on this? Yeah, it depends on what you compare it to. I don't. I, I think they probably go six and six, seven and five again next year. Um, mm. You know, I think that for me, from a national perspective, right, a lot of people are going to write Iowa State off because of the amount of attrition that's going to happen, where they're going to lose a lot of guys, and that's just the nature of it. When you return that many guys from the season before the use of their COVID year, 
they're going to be a lot of guys that are unproven. They're going to have some transfers starting. And so I think from a national perspective, people are going to say, okay, you know, maybe we'll believe in Iowa State, believe it when you see it. Where I think if you talk to someone around the program, there's confidence there with the guys they have under those veterans. Because what happened now is, you know, guys like Gary Vaughn, right? So he barely played and then all of a sudden steps in for Orion Vance and looks really good. And so I think there are guys behind some of those starters that are ready to step up, but they've also gone and plugged some gaps with transfers. And so it'll be a question of kind of how it all comes together and gels with the amount of kind of new guys that be in their first season starting. But Iowa State's confident that they'll be a good team next year, not one that's going to go three and nine, four and eight. Like they think that it's going to be a winning record again next year. So you think they kind of overperformed to seven and five, like because because this year it felt like they underperformed seven and oh, five. Oh, they super underperformed. Right. Yeah, I, I think, think it's one, it's one year where they're kind of set below and they kind of over well, yes, overperformed I, expectations to seven and same the same mark. Yeah, Iowa State's at its best when they can be the underdog, right? Yeah. Where they can be the hunters. The issue this year was they were hunted and getting everyone's best shot every week took its toll on the team. And you saw those guys getting banged up, just the mental fatigue of it all. And I think next year you go back to Iowa State football. Like, nobody believes in us and that sort of thing, which I know Matt Campbell loves. Yeah. Uh, Michael, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Of course, at cyclonealert.com for any sort of Iowa State content. And then we got the little Twitter bug there, but at mswain247 is my Twitter. I also want to congratulate you on your on your Jayhawks this past week uh, and their victory over the Missouri Tigers. I was I was there. It was very crushing. Uh, it was good. Yeah, but but congratulations on that. It, it's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> All right, Michael Swain, appreciate you, man. Yeah, definitely. Thanks.